Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. and deal with the climate, we would see a change, a, an alteration of the weather that we endure. Don't complain about weather that you allow to exist by refusing to deal with your climate. Can't get no help in here. Uh, Y'all just sat down on me after praise and worship. I, I'm just, I just know that many of you are right now dealing with storms and they're just new versions of the same storms you were dealing with when you were 14, but because you wouldn't address the climate that brought that storm about when you were 14, now you're 44 and the same storm rolls in. Again, you get momentary stop, you get a momentary season of peace, you get a momentary respite, but you won't deal with the climate and because because the storm stopped for a little while, you stop intentionally working against the climate, and now all of a sudden the storm comes back and you want to get mad at the weather. Deal with climate. And so we said that some of us are asking for climate change, but we are unwilling to control the climate, so the climate dictates no change. we got to address the climate. We talked about the fact that climate control dictates dismissal. There are people in your life that have made a profession out of cheering or, or rooting for or celebrating what is bringing death into your life. And there are things that are asleep in your life that they are telling you is dead, but because you won't dismiss them, they keep walking in saying your dream is dead, your marriage is dead, your kids are dead, your job is dead, your hope is dead, your peace is dead. And all that time, it's only asleep, but because you won't deal with the climate, which would dictate the that you dismiss them out of your life. You got to quit talking to them on Facebook. You got to quit talking to them through text messages. You don't need to take their call. Use caller ID for what it's for. You know they're going to come and speak death in your life. Don't even answer the phone. Uh, see, I was, uh, and then we talked last time we were together that, that, that climate allows us to forecast weather. We, we can even say right now that there are many of you that we can already tell that that weather that you don't like is going to roll back in because the climate of your life forecasts what you're going to face. So we don't like that because we talked about the fact that, that waves depend upon wind. And what you've got to have in your life if you want to stop the waves is you've got to have somebody. This is the part we don't like. You've got to have somebody in your life that can literally step into your life and speak to the wind. So that when you're dealing with all this weather, they walk in and they identify what's causing not the waves but the wind, what is setting that climate in that place in your life. And they can walk in and say, quit hanging out at the club. It's climate. And you go, amen, I obey. Because I, you recognize that God has sent you somebody that can address your wind. We want people to deal with our waves. We don't like people to deal with our wind. Can't get no help in here. I'm just telling you, I'm on this thing, and I know it. So what we're going to do today is we're going to shift gears. And I think that is, it is absolutely essential that if I'm going to confront the climate of your life, then I must also try to do my best. God's going to have to help me because nothing I'm going to talk to you about is profound, but it's profound. 
all right? I have, I have wrestled with this thing uh, for weeks now because I have dr- been trying to figure out how to say this in a new way, an innovative way that would catch your attention. And what I recognize, no, two things. One is there's no way to say this innovative in an innovative way because it's basics. We just don't understand the basics. And two, I need to say it so plainly that without any catchy phrases, you can comprehend it and begin to apply it. So I'm not trying to impress you this morning, right? You want to be impressed, you come see me. I'll tell you one of the messages online. You can go back. I think it's one of my best, and I'll try to impress you, but not, not, not this morning, all right? All right, this morning we want to be basic. So I've got an outline for you. If I'm going to call on you to establish a new climate in your life and in the life of this church, then I've got to outline it for you because I want you to be blessed, and I want you to be successful, and I want you to be pr- prospered. But, but it is my responsibility then to define the climate that will produce that in our lives. Now, I just need to warn you. Okay, y- y'all see the warnings that come before shows? Okay, this is dangerous. Because what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to talk to you about something, that this climate change uh, that absolutely, without a doubt, flies in the face of the society that we live in. And unfortunately, it also flies in the face of most church climates that I've ever been a part of. And I need to tell you that if you're going to see climate change, then you've got to have this climate that we're going to talk about, start talking about today, established in your life. But I also need you to understand that if we can get it established individually, the implications of that is that corporately things change. And I would even say this to you just as a, as a, as a warning. If we can ever get this climate established, it will set us apart and people will want to be a part of what we're a part of. Not because we got cool music and lights and smoke and I like all that stuff. We don't even have any smoke anymore. I wish we did. But, but uh, not all that stuff. It, it will be based, the, the attraction will be based on the fact that the climate of this place is so starkly different than anything they've ever experienced before. Okay, so here we go. We're going to go to a passage of Scripture. And instantly you are going to recognize it, and most likely you can quote it. The issue is, is that we have read and quoted this passage of Scripture so long, which deals with climate change. It does. It addresses immediately the need to change how we think. The issue is this. We never move beyond these two passages, two two verses of Scripture, and deal with the change that it institutes in our life. Now, I don't even have time because it goes past just this chapter that we're going to deal with. It goes for several chapters. We're just going to deal with the first chapter because I don't even know if we can handle this. But we're going to give it our shot, the best shot we can. Here we go. Romans chapter 12. See, I already knew. Some of you already knew where we were going. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. All right. I'm just going to start there. I'm not going to stop there. I know we normally stop there. We recognize that climate change is going to be produced by doing what? Changing the way you think, right? So that's 
child's play. I'm just going to read it to you as a backdrop, then we're going to move forward. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform, climate change, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In other words, if I change how I think, the climate of my life will begin to change and everything will be altered. You want to amen me now? Because I know y'all know that verse of Scripture. All right, I just, just want to make sure we're all. But we need to go forward because immediately following verse 2, for the rest of the chapter, and yes, into chapter 13 and 14 and 15, Paul begins to line by line address what the climate of your individual life and our church corporately should be. And we don't like this part, so we don't read this part, but we're going to today. All right, so here's where we go. I'm going to uh, just read a portion because there's too much in here. It's going to take weeks for us to get this down. But I need you to understand that what we're going to talk about is not easy. It requires intentional hard work. This will require you to make a choice to quit thinking and behaving and believing like the culture around us and will force you to stop even embracing church culture that you've been exposed to in the past. Okay, I recognize when you make that statement, you stir a can and it ain't going to be pretty. I recognize when you address this kind of stuff, the enemy's going to fight us. All the religious spirits in the house are going to rise up in resistance. See, I already knew it. You can't even get an amen to it, so I understand. All right, so here we go. We're going to, if you need to read it all together, more power to you. You can start in verse 3 and read the rest of the chapter, verse 21. I'm going to just take it in bite-sized chunks. We're going to deal with Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. I will come back and address verse 3 later. Verse 4. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. That's all about climate. Every bit of it's about climate. Let me see if I can help you this morning. We want to now begin to try to establish kingdom climate. Not North American Christianity climate. Not, not my favorite church climate. Not my neighborhood climate. We want to establish kingdom climate in our lives and corporately. That, that's where I'm at. I'm just telling you that's where I'm at this morning. So, so if we are going to have kingdom climate, then kingdom climate is established and apparent and dictates two things for us this morning. Number one, it dictates that we must be connected. Let, let, me, let me stop here and read to you verse 4 through 6 in the Message Bible because if we could just grasp this little part right here, it would mess us up. Here you go. 
Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. Shoot. <clears throat> Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. That means it's not about you. This flies in the face of North American Christianity. This flies in the face of superstars. This, this rock star individuals at church. Uh, no. We want kingdom climate. And it says that we must be connected. Listen to what it says. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So Paul is basically saying this. In order for you to establish kingdom climate, which in, in turn will produce weather, kingdom weather in your life, you must be connected to the body. Why? Why is that true? Because Paul recognized something. Paul recognized this, that the climate of isolation will then in turn produce the weather of loneliness. We got lonely Christians running all over the place. I hear that more. I'm lonely. I'm in a big crowd, but I'm lonely. I got all these folks around me, but I'm lonely. It is the climate of isolation that produces the weather of loneliness. Not only does it produce loneliness, the climate of isolation produces paranoia. They're all talking about me. They don't like me. They're laughing at me. They don't want to sit by me. It's all, it's all about me which Paul says is not kingdom climate, but we make it all about us. They, they walk right by me in the lobby and never said hello. They must have something against me. It's paranoia produced by the climate of isolation. The climate of isolation produces the weather of suspicion. I can't trust you. I'm not going to tell you the secrets of my life because I'm not really connected to you, so I can't trust you. So when you look at me and I'm going through the worst week of my life and you ask me how I'm doing, I'm going to smile real big and say I'm too blessed to be distressed. When you know you're lying, but you can't tell them because you're suspicious that they'll put it on Facebook. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you. See, we don't, we, don't, we, we don't have kingdom climate. Paul recognized that if you have a climate of isolation, then you become vulnerable to the accusations and the temptations of the enemy. Here's the truth. Many of you are falling prey to temptations that you would not struggle with if you were really connected because somebody would be in your life holding you accountable. And there are, there are sins that many of you are falling prey to that you would not fall prey to if you were connected to the body because you recognize that if I fall to that sin, I not only impact my life, I impact everybody else's life around me. But because I'm not connected to you, I'm an island, and what I want to do, I can do because it doesn't hurt anybody but me. So it's my choice. That's baloney. That is a lie from the pit of hell. We are to be connected. See, you are incomplete. Apart from being in the body, your connectedness is a life source to you. So, so let, me, let me help you this morning because I, I, I've already pushed back against this in my own time. I, I recognize what many of us begin to think right now. We think what, what I'm doing right now is really, it's really about a local pastor trying to build attendance. But this is about climate. Who, who you are connected to dictates the climate of your life, which then in turn dictates the weather of your life. 
So this is not just about attendance. In fact, what I would say to you is this goes beyond way. Attendance is child's play. That's like elementary school. I'm trying to get you to graduate. Some of y'all been in elementary school way too long. Uh, like you're the 24-year-old hanging out in, in kindergarten. You look funny when you don't graduate, right? And I'm trying to get you to graduate. And so uh, this is not about attendance. Here's the issue. Many of you are more connected to your office coworkers than you are to the members of the body. You're not connected to the body. You're going to connect it to everybody else. And because of who you're connected to, many of you are facing storms and weather that you would have never faced and never had to endure, but it is brought about into your life by who you're connected to. Okay, um, I, I got to move because some of y'all are already nervous. I just need to tell you that the connectedness that I'm talking about goes way beyond attendance. You are not connected just because you attend. Attendance is entry level. And some of us never reap climate change because we only sow attendance. And by the way, we don't give out badges or pins. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Y'all old folks know what I'm talking about. We don't even, we, ain't nobody going to walk in here and admire your attendance badges. I never missed a Sunday for 52 years. I'm not talking about attendance. I'm talking about being connected. If we want the full fruit of connectedness, then we must become involved and connected into each other's lives. That means we share life together. See, I, I, I recognize that y'all just need to understand that my, one of my favorite shows growing up was The Lone Ranger in black and white because that's the only way it's good. But I need you to understand that the Lone Ranger model is not kingdom climate. It's a great TV show. But what we do is we, we buy the lie that we can do this all by ourselves. So then what happens is we, we, we equate being in the room together once a week as connection. And it's not. We buy that from our society. Our society teaches us that uh, being a friend is nothing more than being surface level connected. If you don't believe that, let me ask you this question. How many of your friends on Facebook do you really know? No, really know. Not the guy you talk to like once every 10 years when it's time for a high school reunion. I'm talking about how many of them really know the ins and outs of your life. Not the, not the fake life you put on Facebook, your real life. How much? So we're not connected. You, and, and here's the issue. You were never intended to travel this journey called Christianity alone. In fact, if you go back and read First Church and what Jesus instituted, nobody went by themselves. They traveled two by two because they needed connectedness. They needed somebody to walk through life with. Your connectedness determines your strength. It determines your effectiveness. And some of you go all week long with no connection. And then what happens is when the preacher gets up here and begins to talk about you need to be connected, I already know what's going on. I'm a mind reader. I've got ESPN. 
All right, I can, I, can, I can read your mind. I know some of you right now, I can already hear the, 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 the response and the excuses and the remarks. Here it is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit it. I'm going to hit it because I've heard this. I don't know how many hundreds of times already in seven years I've heard this. I talked to you about being connected, and you know what the first response is? Well, nobody checked on me this week. And here is the climate change that Paul is dictating to us. You ready? This is going to be harsh. Who have you checked on this week? You got a phone. You went and ate lunch somewhere by yourself. You went and got coffee like nine times this week because I know you're as addicted as I am. All by yourself. Here's the climate change. You have to set a climate of connectedness by sowing connectedness. And if you sow a climate of connectedness, you will reap a harvest of connectedness. If you want somebody to check on you, you might want to think about changing the climate of your life and picking up your phone, getting out a card and writing a note, Facebooking, spending some time over lunch or coffee with somebody else. feel better now. I got that off my chest. I just, See, some of you are facing weather that you would never face if you were connected. And some of you are falling to weather that you would easily defeat and survive if you were connected. But because you continue to try to do this all by yourself and just think it's about church attendance, I'm just going to roll in here on Sunday. I'm going to smile while they sing. I'm going to amen the preacher every once in a while. I'm going to drop a little change in the bucket, and then I'm going to run for my life. I'm going to get back in my car and go hold myself up, just huddle myself up in my house all by myself all week long and then whine and complain because nobody checked on me and because I'm going through stuff and nobody knows. Paul says that's not kingdom climate. Paul says kingdom climate is when you're going through a war, I'm right there beside you. And when you're winning a victory, I'm right there beside you. And we're in this together. And we are connected beyond just worship. We are connected in life. That flies in the face of American Christianity, which is stating to us a culture, a climate that says, I want to go attend and be anonymous. I don't want you to check on me if I'm not there like six weeks in a row. I don't want my name on a list. I don't want anybody showing up on my doorstep. I don't send me no cards. I'll take your pizza coupon, but don't you send me no It flies in the, we've got to work to establish this. And then he says, second, not only must we be connected, we must be people that are serving. Paul, in fact, told you this wasn't profound, it's just profound. Paul, in fact, gives us a litmus test to reveal, here it is, check this out now, don't miss this. I know it's basic, but, but we've forgotten this. Paul says be connected, and then he gives a litmus test that reveals just how connected we really are. You know what the test is? He says, if you're connected, you'll serve. Oh, I didn't see that in there. I, I didn't read that. Yeah, he says, if you prophesy, then prophesy. And if you're generous, be generous. 
And if you give, give. And if you lead, lead. He's, he's basically saying it doesn't matter what your gift is. You are, if you're going to have an, a kingdom climate set in your life, you will reveal how connected you are to the body by whether or not you're serving the See, I knew, I knew, I'm on it, I'm, I'm on it, I, I, here's what happens, this is going, y'all just, okay, just do this with me, I know we've done this before, but do, just do this, just click in, because it's getting ready to get bumpy in here, all right, hold on, because I'm going to say some things that are going to sound harsh, but I am railing against the climate, not the weather, we got to change the climate, all right, here we go, y'all, some of y'all ain't going to like this, but I'm just telling you, you're not supposed to say that when you're preaching, because then they, they already put defenses up and all that stuff, and I'm telling you, you're not going to like it, so, so, um, we, we bring our culture's climate into the body and expect the body to operate like our society's culture. Let me see, let me see if I can help you. So here's what happens. We have hundreds of diners that show up and a handful of servers. And we show up as consumers and the question reveals the climate of our life because here's the question. What can you do for me? We treat the body like golden corral. We expect the body to be a buffet, and if you don't serve what we like on the buffet at the temperature we like it at and in the flavor we like, we will try to go to another buffet. Uh, okay, see, because uh, uh, see, here's what we do. If you can't do for me, then I'm out. And Paul says that is not kingdom climate. Paul says this, kingdom climate dictates that this gathering that we call church is not about me, about getting mine. It's about me giving my gift so that others get theirs. And the byproduct as I serve and give my gift is, guess what? As I'm serving you, somehow in the equation on the backside, I get mine. And you can't bypass the climate. You can't say, well, I'll just keep showing up and I won't serve and I'll get mine. No, you won't. No, you won't. You might get some overflow, but you won't get yours. Here's why this happens. We have ditched body life and settled for church services. See, I've, I've discovered something. It's only those who only show up to eat and they make no investment in the process required to prepare the meal that want to complain. Okay, I told you it's going to get rough. Hear me carefully. Do you know who complains the most around here? Now, we don't, thankfully, I'm, I'm going to be straight up with you. We don't have a lot of complainers. At least I don't hear it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm, I'm not talking to everybody. In fact, bump your neighbor and say, he's not talking to me. He's talking to you. Okay. So we're straight. The people that complain the most are those who only show up on Sunday, who give no time, who don't help in any role, who don't sow anything financially, who don't get involved in outreach, and they're not connected in any small group. And what they do is we become simply an option, and they want us to treat them like a priority. So I'm just telling you how it is. I, I'm just telling you. Can I just, who's here? I got to check closely. I want to make sure. I, all right, because I can talk about the people in the second service and the first service, and I can switch. switch. Okay, yeah, y'all know how that works. Um, no, literally, y'all think I'm playing. We had, a, we had a, a couple leave a few months ago. They quit church. 
they'd only attended church five times all year long, served in no role, had somebody they know go into the hospital that we don't even know, and left because we didn't go visit. Click. If I'm an option, They make no deposit, but then they expect to, to reap a withdrawal. And if they don't, what they do is they exit to another body and they take their climate with them. And then they wonder why when they get there, they're not fed and they don't feel fulfilled. And I can't seem to get anything. And this isn't what I was looking for. And the only thing that really took place is they drug their climate with them. They could go to 100 million churches and nothing would change unless they changed their climate. Paul says this is not kingdom climate get connected and serve to produce the change you want to see well Steve you don't understand I can't do something every week good I don't want you to do something every week that's not healthy in fact let me tell you how we want you to, to operate we want you to have the opportunity to sit and enjoy and to get fed but our lack of kingdom climate dictates that there are some folks that never get the opportunity to sit and enjoy and get fed because they they we we as uh, too many of us sit on our gifts week after week and not only week after week year after year decade after decade and it produces a climate that burns people out Paul says, listen, you have a gift, and there is a role for you. And if we can ever get kingdom climate, what will happen is, is that we would be able to fill every role easily and do so without killing particular individual groups of people because we would all be serving somewhere. All of you can't sing. Some of you we don't want on the worship team, like me. Some of you we don't want you to ush. Some of you we don't want you to greet. Some of we, we, we don't want you in children because you hate children. I don't want you back there with those children. <laughs> but there is a role for every one of us. Every one of us has a gift. And Paul says we can tell whether or not you're connected by whether you serve. And then he concludes it like this. He says not only should you serve, but you should serve with joy. That means cheerfully. In other words, if Jesus' yoke is easy and light, then what that means is that we should serve gladly with a spirit of joy. In other words, if you're greeting, there should be a smile on your face. It is wrong, and I think it is a sin that there's more kingdom climate sometimes when you walk into Walmart than when you walk into the local body. If you ush, you should move people cheerfully. If you worship on the worship team, you should do so joyfully. If you work with the children, you might want to think about doing it joyfully. If you just show up on a Sunday and it's not your Sunday to serve, you ought to show up joyfully. I mean, that would really help the worship team out, by the way. Because I'm going to be straight up with you. Some of y'all, y'all look like the mule that tried to suck the golf ball out of the gopher hole. 
I don't know what happened to you on Saturday night, but they're rocking their guts out trying to worship the king and involve you in worship, and you just scowl at them. And then you wonder why they struggle sometimes to actually worship. It's because if you had to look, never mind. Never. This isn't drudgery. I'm talking about a kingdom climate of joy that should permeate everything we do. Cheerfully. This is not drudgery. This is a delight. This should not make your life harder. It ought to make your life easier. Your service establishes a climate that says, this is not about me. This is about you getting yours. Listen, and then I'll stop. As you serve, you become connected. Check this out. Y'all know that. As you serve, you become connected. Here's the part we don't understand. And you become protected. Because as you serve, people begin to connect with you. And all of a sudden, they recognize when you're having a bad day. And they recognize when you're having a bad week. And when you walk in here and you are downcast, they've served with you long enough to recognize the joy is gone. I might ought to stop and say, what's going on? Some of you want us to check on you, and you ne- you're so disconnected that I don't know if you think we're mind readers or what. But then we, you get mad when we don't check on you. We had no way of knowing that your life fell apart this week. Because you always look like... I'm not trying to be mean. Listen, I'm not trying, I don't guess I'm being nice either, but this series is not about being nice. This is not a how to be nice series. I'm not trying to teach you to be nice. I'm trying to teach you to be connected and serve and establish kingdom climate so that the weather of your life will change. So let me ask you, let me ask you, let me ask you, let me ask you. I need you to examine your own life and ask yourself this question. By the way, this is the first two in 16. That, 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 really, that really made some of you look forward to the next few weeks, didn't it? There are 16 things he says in this one chapter alone that, that show us what kingdom climate is, is. These are just the first two. Are you establishing kingdom climate? Or have you settled for our culture's climate or the church you used to go to's climate? That look nothing like the New Testament. The weather you are facing in your life is directly related and a result of the climate. I'm, I'm even saying this to you. This, although it's a body life message, let me just tell you, this, this same message works if I change the title and talk about marriage. It, it, it's a family message. It's a, it's a work message. Because this climate, if you establish this climate of being connected and serving in your marriage, you wouldn't. So here's the question. What if everybody here was as connected as you? And what if everybody here served like you served? Now, for some of you, it would be great. We'd have more volunteers than we know what to do with. But there are some of you, the doors would not be unlocked on Sunday morning. When you got here, there would be no coffee, and the air conditioner wouldn't be on because you didn't serve. Okay, I, I feel it. Please. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm, I'm going to give this up so somebody can smile at you and make you feel good. But um, 
Let me tell you what we're doing. We gave you a calendar this morning. We did this on purpose. There is no excuse for not being connected. No excuse. Absolutely no excuse. There are a multitude of opportunities for you to be connected with somebody. Along likes, along interests, along projects, there are a multitude. In fact, let me just say this. Next Sunday after second service, we're going to Swadley's. Why? Because we like barbecue? Yes. But that's not really why we're going. That's only part. Notice we didn't go to a vegetable place. We're going to barbecue. There's a reason. All right. Eat what? Eat your vegetables. All right. So uh, we're going to, we do that. In an, in an attempt to get you to connect, because you cannot connect simply attending once a week and staring at the back of each other's heads. So I, here's a novel idea. Sit across the table from somebody you don't know. That makes some of you unbelievably uncomfortable. But to be connected, it's worth it. There are pods that can connect you. There are ministry opportunities to connect you. So we're providing that. Next week, you will have the opportunity to go eat together. There's a men's camping trip coming up. There's a ladies' night. There's all kinds of stuff for you to get involved in so that you can get to know each other on every level, adult, youth, children alike. No excuses. You're as connected as you intentionally become connected. And there are opportunities to serve. This morning, when you uh, leave this room, uh, you are going to have the opportunity. It's going to work like this. If you are interested in being involved in any way, shape, or form to serve, because this is kingdom climate, it's time for some of you to get plugged in. We'll help you. We'll be honest with you. You sign up for the worship team and sing like me or my dad, we will look at you and say, we love you. We love you. And we're glad you make a joyful noise. But you don't need a mic. Go serve somewhere else. All right? In fact, don't even sing when you're standing in the rows because you just, like, mess up the whole climate. All right? I'm just talking about us, Dad. Just me and you. Nobody else, just me and you. It's a family thing. We need counseling. I understand. All right. But there are opportunities. So this is the way it's going to work. If you want to serve in tech, which is projection and sound and lights and somebody to get smoke up and going because I need it. Um, can't worship without smoke. Well, I really can, but uh, <laughs> you can just walk right back there to the sound booth. They've got a list you can sign up on. As you exit into the lobby, there's a, a pods table, a worship team table. They're sharing tables. Find it. Sign up. There is a youth and children's ministries table. There's a Hispanic ministry table. We need volunteers. I don't speak any Spanish. Well, join the crowd. I don't either, but you can serve. You can serve. Just stand at the door and say, que pasa? When they walk in with a big smile on your face. We had a first person saved in the Hispanic ministry about two weeks ago on a Sunday night. I'm telling you, there are opportunities. Tables out there to sign up for. If you want to be on the usher, greeter, green room team, they're having a lunch after second service. Go get your cup of coffee somewhere and come back after second service to have potluck lunch to learn what it's like to be. But there are op- no excuses. Your level of service 
reveals your level of connectedness. This is about kingdom climate. Father, this morning I pray that you would connect us. I pray that you would allow us to dust off gifts that we've been setting on for a long time. And you would allow this to be just the first step. These, these are elementary steps. It's going to get harder. I understand that. But I pray that you would allow us to begin to intentionally, by choice, do the hard work of establishing kingdom climate in our lives. I pray for anybody here, Father, this morning that feels isolated and alone like nobody cares. I pray in Jesus' name right now that they would examine their own life and they would begin to sow a climate of connection that would cause them in turn to reconnection. Father, I pray that the kingdom climate that we establish would cause a shift in how we attend church. I, I pray that when we gather together in any format, pods, outreach opportunities, even at football games, when we see one another, that the climate would be so different in our lives that we would show up and we would bump into one another thinking this. How can I get them to get theirs? What could I do to bring a blessing into their life? How can I serve them? I pray that this climate would invade our homes. And I pray that husbands would begin to connect and serve with their wives, wife and children. Father, I pray for the wife in the home to connect and serve the husband and her children. Father, I pray that you would allow children to connect and serve their parents and one another. Father, we believe that as we establish that in our homes and in our church and in our community, that the weather that we face will be entirely different because we will begin to live under a kingdom climate that causes us to experience kingdom weather. Jesus name. Amen. Pastor Woody. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.